0: Sky comes around When the steel ring falls to the ground
1: There is panic on the streets A black and sea full of shuffle of So, hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rebel City Podcast um, Joining myself and Paul today is David Crana Hi David, how's it going?
2: It's going well, thank you.
1: How are you guys? Aye, superb mate, it's good to have you, thank you. Um, David, we're going to get any comics today um and obviously you're here to obviously guide us through the process um so, I mean, <laughs> so comics is pr- pretty much one of the like very few like artistic disciplines with no like touchstone in the sort of well we just established three or four years that we'll do this now um and try to get it in a few times it's not panned out so hopefully the day we can start to maybe look at you know some of the the, the scene so you're way, glass city
2: Glass City Comics, yeah, that's what—that's um, the name that I've given myself. To be honest, I am pretty much the the the, the creator of Glass City Comics. Well, I'm the writer of Glass City Comics. Um, uh, Roman Gubsky is the artist for the uh, storyline, the story of a missing girl, and Ryan Bielik is the letterer for the same uh, story. Um, so I'm basically just the writer and advertiser, and you know, general. Uh, do everything kind right. of things. you know right. advertising get it all out there as best i can uh, for, publisher I, right. So publisher uh-huh. self-published so um normally i've uh, uh, released two uh 50-odd page books through kickstarter that seems to right. be the big the big way yeah. that all the ind- independent guys do it yeah, so it's a self-published um comics in general in glasgow and in scotland is a in the uk actually is a independent scene is a, is a pretty big scene it's a pretty mm-hmm pretty good and exciting and vibrant it seemed to be in. i definitely mm-hmm.
1: seen quite a few of the sort of hang we were just sort of touching on it before you showed up as well, like, that does seem to be the way a lot of the, the sort of independent or like I say smaller publications get going, like, um, it's got to be quite, is that a, quite a difficult
2: process or what? Do you know what, see to be honest we grew up in, a, in, a, in a, a a life of social media, right? So you know, from the eighteen years old or whatever, we've all had like a Facebook page or an Instagram. Page. Speak for yourself,
3: mate. <laughs> 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 I'm nearly forty year old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm forty. I'm forty, and so you know, but we we were, from an early age anyway. We've all had Bebo. Remember Bebo? Yeah, I remember Bebo, <laughs> oh, yeah. So Bebo way right back. They say so for us. I think. Because we have that presence of being online and being able to reach lots and lots of people instantly and regularly, Mm -hmm. uh, then Kickstarter was very easy just to kind of jump on and do that. Kickstarter, the platform itself, has been going about for years. So it's really easy to use. It's dead, dead user friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, I first heard about it, I was sitting on the sidelines for a long time, just writing scripts, you know, how these Facebook groups and all that, and just watching how what folk do and show that yeah. approach an artist and what should I do? And then um, I came across this uh, group called the Scottish cartoonist society and they meet up right. every the last or uh, the first Sunday or the first Thursday in the month. Uh, somewhere in Glasgow. So I was like, I'm going to give this a, give this a shot. And it was people, um, like I don't know, if you'll have heard of uh, Jim Stewart uh, the ganja man. <laughs>
3: yes. Yeah. Hi david just the the guy david's doing the sort of production he um managed a band that i was in for a while and right. we talked to jim about doing artwork ah, but right. unluckily somebody that was in the band was a wee bit sort of anti-drugs you know didn't quite fit and, and we didn't do it but i uh, Dave knows Jim. Aye. He's had like, plenty of interactions and we were talking about him before you came in, actually. Aye. So it's funny that that's the first Aye. name that you mentioned. <laughs> that's man. the
2: first name. He's a, I would say, I mean, an scene in the independent scene, he's like one of the biggest names because he has the ganja man, <laughs> you know? Right. All yeah. his stuff is based on uh, smoking ganja. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's obviously, you know, quite, <laughs> quite ah, yeah. interesting. Um, and anyway, I went down there and met all them. There's a few other people as well. There was um, a guy, John McShane, and this was this is like really before the pandemic, 2017, 2018, it could have been, right? Mm-hmm. 2018 maybe, um, and they're like, why don't you try Kickstarter? And I'm like, well, I don't really want to ask my mates for money, you know, and he's like, yeah. um, no, no, it's not like that, check it out, so that was fine. So I left that um, that night after having a proper bevy with everybody and uh, smoked some ganja with Jim. <laughs> 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 and uh, I checked it all out and it's huge. If The platform, you'd be silly to go down any other route, because everyone looks at Kickstarter for independent comic books. That is the way, that is what they do. So for the, it's almost like, I think it was something, I I don't even know any figures or anything, but um, it's a huge percentage of Kickstarter's revenue comes from independent comic books.
1: See, that's interesting because, like, having spoke to, like, authors and, and a lot previously, guys who have got, like, publishing companies and stuff like that, they go through a very different process and I think I had it in my head that that would because we're talking about publishing books books, that we would have been following a sort of similar you know sort of there. but it's interesting there's no but then it makes sense as well because I think when you look at the popularity of the actual you know the franchises that you know people are getting involved in like comic books themselves are just absolutely massive so it does make Mm. sense that of course there's an audience out there who Would potentially want to get involved in something you know Mm. at a
2: grassroots level? Mm -hmm. For for me, it's um, because I'm just the writer. I don't illustrate anything. You need artists don't necessarily don't really work for free, you know. So you need to pay them. Yeah, and they're not cheap. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I don't have any money. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I'm like, do I use my savings for this? My wife's just like, no, you're no. Yeah. (laughs) So was like, how am I going to how am I going to fund this? And that's when they said, this is how you do it. You know, when you, you speak to your artist, you maybe put up a little bit of money up front, you get some artwork done, you use that as your um, advertising, and then you fund the rest. And people who buy comic books are often pre order. That's the way it works. I'll get plenty of pre order comics. I'm waiting just until they're actually done. Not from Kickstarter, like from the big publishers, you know. Yeah, right. I just pre ordered the Batman book just recently. Right. Um, because it's not released yet. It's released in February 22. So, released this month, the 23rd, I believe. Um, so, you pre order stuff. so backing a comic an independent comic book is kind of the norm because it's just like a pre-order basically yeah. so uh-huh. they know
1: up front how much a run they need to do because the uh-huh. people who have backed it in the kickstarter have also pre-ordered it so they're no wasting money or resources exactly. on uh-huh. copies then, that then need to be pulped and stuff like that
2: exactly so you then uh, it's, efficient. Uh, it's, it's really really <laughs> uh-huh. good uh, and like you say, see all the, the the back end of the Kickstarter um, site or the Kickstarter platform, mm-hmm. uh, all the information as a as, as a as a Kickstarter person that does it. It's the information is great. You know how many books you've ordered, where they're going, yeah. what the reward here is, is, you and know, all that. It's just it, it's, it's really. Uh-huh. really handy. Seems
3: like the internet's really enabled. Aye. independent sort of. What what would have been the traditional? Like I'm thinking about this because I played in bands, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm like, that sounds like music. Mm-hmm. But I obviously, definitely. comic books are. I don't know if I'm sort of like getting this wrong, but I kind of get the feel it kind of needs to be something physical. Like, so I've got a couple of questions. Like, one is, mm-hmm. is that what's the digital sort of comic book world like? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe PDFs and stuff like that. And but my main question was, what was it, what would have been the traditional route? To getting published before you know Kickstarter or in the internet enabled people, you know, he did it for himself.
2: Mean, before I actually um, was trying trying to do a kind of podcasting for a while, Um, and I inter- interviewed Jim Stewart, right, right, and he told me that what he done. This is amazing. This is back in the nineties, right? <laughs> was drew it all out, took it to the library. <laughs> Printed it on regular paper and <laughs> right. put it all together, and that's how he sold it, you right. know. Uh, and so it was, like
3: Xerox the fucking thing,
2: aye, right? the whole thing, you know. <laughs> wow. uh, I think traditionally, though, I mean, there's lots of stuff. Britain and Scotland and Glasgow in general for Comic books is, is huge. There's a thing called the British Invasion, and what that fronted in the states, and that was basically everyone, all the Scottish and English and Welsh, if you like, uh, writers and artists for 2000 AD. Which is the biggest comic book in britain really like, yeah I mean, that's well, one of the longest running but one of the longest running
1: i remember years ago reading no dread but uh abc warriors mm. I, like a million years ago and i actually got that out of the library <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you go. so that's how long ago that was um,
2: but they all went down they all, they all worked for 2000 ed made a huge big hit and then they all get poached from for the big two in Marvel and DC and stuff. Right. So the traditional route, I don't really know what the traditional route is to be honest. It's right. like when you listen to, when you watch all the documentaries and stuff, they just sound like a bunch of pissheads, You know, right. <laughs> they're just they're just all meeting in pubs, getting smashed and writing comic books, which yeah. is great and sticking it to the man. 2000 AD was total punk, you know? So it was like mm. proper, you know, it was all like everyone was against and the establishment basically. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all of that kind of stuff. You know? So
1: Glass City itself, what, what, what can you tell us about like, your end sort of story and
2: whatnot? So glass city is based on our based in Glasgow. Um, it's a hundred. The, the story I'm writing just now is a hundred years in the future. Um, as I was writing glass, glass city and based in Glasgow, it was called originally called Glasgow or glass city was, it was the nickname, it's nicknamed glass city as in the violence of the city. You know, <laughs> right. Okay, and right. I like it, man. Um, and what I realized was I wasn't really painting Glasgow as a, as a nice light and like <laughs> this, Glasgow's not like us anymore. Like mm. a sort of yeah.
1: future, no mean city. Eh?
2: I nope, exactly. I actually read a wee Taggart story as well when Taggart stopped filming. Um, but it's like I was like, I'm not painting this as a, in a as a good in a good Glasgow in a good light. I don't want people reading this going, "Is this what Glasgow's like?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to change it. So what I done was I basically just made it like um, Glasgow is now called Glasgow as in the the Gaelic spelling of it, and everywhere. Is, the American pronunciation yeah Right, right let's go. <laughs> everywhere, that's, uh, everywhere that's referenced <laughs> or mentioned is basically the original name or the original uh, uh, the original place, if you know what I mean. So, okay. right. so it's just key to kind of keep it separate so it's like a, it's, you, you understand aye. where you are, but it's not really where it is. It's still <laughs> fictionalised. It's still uh-huh. fictionalised, uh, And so the story of a missing girl is based on a detective, Gabriel Gatti, uh, or Gabe Gatti, who is mourning the loss of his five-year-old kid who disappeared uh, five years ago mm-hmm. um, and he stumbles on a case that directly mirrors his own and he delves deeper into an already dark city. So uh, this is a detective noir then? Detective noir, yeah. Like it. it does get a bit fantasy in the middle basically because the route I was planning on when I got to kind of having to write that, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't go. I can't go this dark. I'm going to have to make this a little lighter. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I made it from, you know, what could potentially really happen to. now nah, this is completely fictional. <laughs> I mean, you're,
1: you're dealing with a city that has repeatedly been portrayed as like Gotham and like movies and TV as it stands at the moment. Glasgow so, is Gotham. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know how if there's a, such a thing as going too dark. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. There's certain. I mean, uh, I think. Sexual violence is a kind of where I draw lines. Right, I'll refer to it, but when I've I've, I've only realised this, you know, in the past couple of years, I'm like, yeah, that's as far as I'll go. I can't kind of go right. further. Right, mm-hmm. and you what's,
3: what's your what, what's your predictions for how and your comic book
2: for how Glasgow's going to go in a hundred years? <laughs> yeah. It is funny. <laughs> but, too much away, but well, I've got I've got a storyline that was originally a reboot of tiger. and uh, I don't really I should have mentioned this actually. Basically, it follows. It starts off because. Glass City, are, uh, the whole city, Glasgow and Edinburgh, are basically one big mega city.
3: Right. Okay. Right. That's so it's cool. A
2: huge, big, massive city, and the whole city is called Glassborough. But the <laughs> Glasgow <laughs> side is called is nicknamed Glass City by the by the thingies, and that's the dark thing he said. Right. The other side is originally called Edinburgh, but the nickname it Capital City. Right. Okay. Right. So they are the nice bit, and, so the and nice we're bit. the we're the shithole. And we're right. The scum. Okay. Right. Fucking I yes. love it, mate. Like that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a cool idea. It does I? Like uh, and uh, the the way I see it going is, um, it's obviously independent. Obviously.
3: right right. So There's a statue of a sturgeon everywhere. So there is a statue of sturgeon.
2: <laughs> you don't really see it, though. You don't really see That's it. But I when I wrote the description, I'm like, "I've always a statue of Nicola Sturgeon right. <laughs> And what happened to old Donald Jewel? Oh, I know. I have no reference to my time. Right, okay. There is. what do you call there is a scene where he comes? A, a, a character comes in and he walks out and he. Uh, oh I, I forgot the street and he looks over and uh, He's been away from the city for a wee while and he looks over and he sees uh, the Duke of Wellington with his cone still in his head. Remember, <laughs> this is 100 years ago. Some things never change. But that's exactly what he says. He's like, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Some things never change. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's man. Dynamite. I love
3: that, man. I love that idea that because we're kind of like the, the, the satellite towns are kind of just coming closer and closer together really so i quite like Aye. that concept that we're just one big mega city, Glassboro.
1: i like the sprawl will eventually just bring it all into one thing Aye, but i
3: Aye. think that glasborough might go down like when hibs and hearts tried to merge in the 90s like i think you would have <laughs> riots on the streets of <laughs> glasgow <laughs> <laughs> Aye.
2: The, the way i see that is the way i see it is same um, they had to vote the, the whole city had to vote and uh, obviously there's more folk in glasgow than there is in edinburgh so glasgow one so that's why glasgow gets before edinburgh you know what i mean so it's yeah. glassboro as opposed to uh, Eding- Eding- Gow.
3: Eding- Gow. <laughs> <laughs> for, for doing that, for keeping with the American uh, so I think, no, I love that idea um, I
0: definitely think
3: so as well, I mean, the detective noir is
1: something that, I mean, growing up I read like William McElvaney and like, mm-hmm. there, you know, you've got a lot of guys in Edinburgh as well, uh, Ian Rankin and stuff like that who, yep. you know, like detective novels are a big part of the culture, like Bay cities. so actually having them merged together and still having this sort of like narrative is is actually something that fits really nicely for me so it is like um you have the idea for a comic you've got your story you like what's next you're, you're saying you reach out to this
2: collective of was it a
1: cartoonist association did you say the cartoonist
2: society so society sorry uh, the carto- that is just a facebook group name mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a bunch of piss heads. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think people trying not to get a real job is that's like that? That's a yeah. right. uh, they're, they're a good bunch of people. Yeah. And I, like I say, without them, they wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known what to do. You know, when they said to me, check out, um, kickstarter, uh, that was it. That's when things changed because I was sitting, like I said, i watched lots of Facebook groups and um basically it was a case of, if you don't pay your artists, then you're, you're not going to do anything here. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I can't afford to pay my That's what we're going to do. And eventually. I, I sat back and I seen. The, I thought the Kickstarter I did. I'm like, okay, cool. How am I going to do this? Blah blah blah. I need some kind of. I was thinking about putting my own money up, and I seen Roman Gubsky and he put up a, this post of a, a no, an image, and I was like, this is not lovely. And he's like, I'm new to the um, the comic book game. I'm looking to to, to start with somebody. Mm-hmm. Give me a shout. Now I've seen lots of posts like that, and you just get bombarded with people. Yeah. What with me? What me? What with me? What me? So I just put out a post, just saying. Um, oh, I'd love to work with you, but I don't think I can afford it. And uh, he's like, "Well, message me and we'll talk." And so I ended up messaging him at the same time. I was trying to work with another guy from New York, and he gave his five pages in within like a year. Right, so really, really slow process. So it was actually a, the Taggart reboot that I was doing, right. uh, and here's the re, uh, slow, slow process. And so I didn't want to give him that script, so that's why I gave him the the of the story of a missing girl script. Um, which was only an idea in my head that hasn't completely finished. And so I gave him that one. He's like, I love this. He's like, if you tidy up, we'll, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. I'll give mm-hmm. you 20 odd pages. I'll do it in my spare time. I was like, OK. So I tied it up, set it on the script. Um, and at the same time, I put up another wee post just like, there's nobody just want to join my band. right? <laughs> Funny you mentioned a band earlier <laughs> on. And they're like, um, you know, would you mean? I, like, I just want to collaborate with folk. They don't want to join my band. And Ryan Bielick, he's like, I'll I'll join your band. And I went, like, okay, what do you do? He's like, I'm a letterer. And so within like a week, it was the weirdest thing. I had an artist willing to give me some art for, for his spare time, a letterer willing to do the same thing, and obviously a, a script. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. And so they gave me... Um, so this went through being like an idea you were exploring to being a reality like pretty quickly? Aye, pretty. Well, I mean, I sat in the silence for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but when things started moving, it moved really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were doing it in their spare time. So it took about another year or so until I had enough material to advertise stuff. Um, and as soon as I had enough material to advertise stuff, I just started, you know, I built a Facebook page, I built an Instagram page, I built a Twitter page. yep, uh, And I just started spamming groups and just going out there. and I built my Kickstarter and then I was about to launch in April 2020. And, of course, we all got locked well, yeah. down <laughs> in like March 2020. So I put a wee hold on it. And I'm like, what are it, I'm just going to do it. Mm. And so June 2020, I done a Kickstarter and it just, just went fucking nuts. And I think half of it was because everybody was sitting at home with 80% of their wages. yeah, (laughs) Just like, fuck it. I was going
3: to say, it might have been a good time to get that artist, but loads of spare time (laughs) kicking about if people are going to do stuff in their spare time. We were talking about podcasts, like before we come Mm. on mic about this, like, I think all of the creative industries during lockdown get this big boom, you know, because people were just like, going back to like aye, things that they had done previously or aye, mm. taking chances. Do you wish you'd have done, el- done it earlier, considering like how quickly once you put your foot in the accelerator, that I everything just kind of happened?
2: Aye, I really, really do. I mean, I wish I had known about uh, like, like the Kickstarter thing before. and I wish I would reached out to more folk locally, to be honest. Um, it wasn't until then that I realized that Glasgow in general and Scotland in general is huge for for comic book yep. influence. Massive. Um, one of the first ever comic books, the, uh, the Looking Glass in Glasgow, which was like the late eighteen hundreds or early nineteen hundreds, was the first ever comic publication to use speech bubbles. Wow, oh, really? Know what I mean, that's amazing. Aye, and that's Glasgow. So, speech bubbles are just what comic books are, are not they? Uh uh-huh. that's Aye. it.
3: Became the industry standard and started Came, in this city. That's weird. City. Man. Why do you think we've got such a uh, well influence for start for starters? But why is it such like a hub like Scotland? Such
2: a small place, and you know, what? I don't. I, you know, I've got no idea, man. It's like speaking and listening to lots of comic book podcasts down south. A lot of them mention that Scotland is the home of UK comics. Mm. That's what they, all, they mm. all say. Scotland is like the, I mean, we'll
1: produce some outrageously big names in the industry and stuff mm. like that. I think, you know, just right off the top of my head, we've got guys like Mark Miller and stuff like that. Who, I mean, it's, it's well, hard to be—it's uh, be bigger in the industry than probably what he is. Yeah, know what yeah I mean? like, totally. But um, there's, there's
2: Grant Morrison. There's uh, Frank yeah. Quayley. He's also yep. from Glasgow. I think Grant Morrison's from Dundee. I'm not too sure. Um, uh, Frank Quayley. I mean, he's amazing. Yep. Um, there's, there's just there's, there's, there's John Wagner, who's okay. He's actually American, but he moved here when he was eight years old we mm-hmm. lived in scotland ever since john wagner's massive certainly for 2018 judge Dredd. yeah um, you know you know that way? all these names just drop out of your head when you're trying to talk about them. no totally but even
1: even at a glance that's you know what i mean a, a fairly sort of huge like back catalogue of artists and publications that mm-hmm. even if you're no know huge into comics you're probably like recognizing at least a few of those names and sort of you know sort of
2: franchises you hang me but like where did it start for you books. yep i mean if you go right back to the to the start, I've pretty much I've always always read the Beano, always read the Dandy, Urwelly, Tintin, right. uh, Rupert the Bear. Um, my dad used to get me the Sunday Post every week for the the funnies in there for Urwelly and mm-hmm. the Bruns. Um I used to, used to always always read that kind of stuff. None of my family were big on books. Some for the Vale originally, mm-hmm. um, Alexandria. Um, I don't know why I'm saying that. Like, no. <laughs> A bunch of Neds down there don't read. Uh, <laughs> um, but I so my family wasn't big on reading, so I was the only one that kind of read. I was all kind of comic books, looking at, of, i was just sitting there looking mm-hmm. at them. Like you're just looking at pictures, which the lot of them. I was just looking at pictures, you know. Yeah. And I remember oh, I think it was my uncle man. He bought me a Judge Dredd annual for my Christmas. I think I was like ten years old. I don't really think he knew what he was buying me, to be honest. Yeah. And I opened up this thing, and <laughs> I can't imagine a you know, up front. <laughs> and I'm just like, fucking hell! This mean machine, you know, you know that that big dial in his head, big metal arm, you know, mutated and stuff like. That, and Judge Dredd just shooting people in the face. I'm 10 year old just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my uh, life. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And um, I used to, have, I tried to, used to go down to try and get two, the 2000 ED off the shelf when they get it. Uh, so they just asked- they age restricted? Ah, I 13 now. Well, I don't know, it was at the time. Right. It, it's 13 years old you're supposed to be age- I don't even remember them being comic books that were age-restricted. I'm not sure. The ah, well, I, just, I don't know if they are age-restricted. I think they're definitely restricted now. Right. Um, but I do remember not being able to, to get them all the ah, time. Right. Uh, I don't know why that was, but anyway. And I sent my dad down, he used to get them until he read one one day. And he's like, if at
1: your mental imagery, you're standing outside the way I used to stand outside the, the off license, trying to get someday go going to go and get his like four hooch, and you're out the front, going to go and get me some comics.
2: Going to get me some comics, mate. <laughs> Any chance of some comics? Mate? <laughs> um, and he, I don't remember my dad reading it one day, and he's just like, hey, well, you're, you're not getting this again. You're, that's not in it, no, <laughs> that's that's over.
3: Right. That's it. Like, i remember being a similar age and getting well whenever it came out like batman returns it was mm-hmm. like the graphic novel of batman returns but it had stuff in it that wasn't in the movie and i can remember just <clears throat> staring at it for like I what feels wrong. like years you know i don't like even a couple of years later you'd find it and i would just sit and look at like almost mesmerized mm-hmm. by, like the the art you mm-hmm. know and, and just sit and reading it and even that was quite violent, you know what I mean? And you're like, people are buying these for Wayne's, like, I, it's I, I, a a kid's thing, because something that Matt was saying when we were talking about what we're going to, like, talk about the day and just, getting you know, a few bits and pieces is, is that the perception is, is that comics are for kids. Do you get that? It certainly like, was, when we were, we growing, were we growing up. We anyway. I, 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 like, sure. I mean, it was a bit sneered at,
1: a bit looked down its nose at, and you now we're looking at I was saying, like the biggest franchise in world movie history, you know what I mean? Aye, like,
2: exactly. There you go. Now that's that. it, there, there was definitely, definitely. When I was a kid. Folk thought it was just for kids, you know, because I can remember reading the X Men stuff, you know, like cause right. I could get them myself. I used to go there and get them, my, a subscription to them. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Wolverine's get claws, he's cutting folk up, and there's blood all over the place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is great, and folk are like, this isn't for kids, you know. I remember folk being like, sure. Whatever. I'm not going to the colourful costumes and all Aye, the rest exactly. and I that. Oh, like, that'll be fine. Aye, so they're not <laughs> really paying attention to what the actual storyline's about. Um, and Sorry. today is a bit different now but there's definitely a little bit of kind of I mean, what, you write comics? Right. For, is that not for kids? Mm-hmm. And it's like I always say to everyone, "says well some comics are for kids mine's, not, mine, mine's definitely not for kids and it's like some comics are kids but the general when you say to them who do you think writes comics? And they're like Kids, and you're like, no, <laughs> mm, aye, like, no way. Like, like, adults av- write aye, kids, adults write comics. Yeah, you know, who so he writes uh-huh. kids' books, and they're like, uh, David Williams, <laughs> and you're like, aye, an, adult, an adult, an adult? Uh-huh. you know, and when you say that to them, they're almost like, oh.
1: Aye, the same people that looked in on those at comics so have, I've read all eight, It's like seven of the Harry Potter books or whatever. Aye, Aye um, exactly. This is how did you? Know, this is a children's book. Aye, <laughs> like. that's
3: it. Like, did you? How did you get yourself into writing? Like, was that a different thing for the comics, or was that part of the same sort of like lineage and like?
2: You. you know, so I've always read comics right up until I was, I think I took a wee sabbatical when I was about 14, 15, and a couple of lasses found me getting a subscription to my, comic, to my, my, my local news agents and laughed at me, so therefore I never went back for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true oh, story. No surprise, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely gutted by that. I'll never forget That's that, about did. the same time I started taking my daily shower, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Sounds about right. <laughs> um, and then when I, came, I was about, I I used to play in a band a lot, so I used to play bass guitar in a band. And um, I just get bored playing with the same guys all the time. I, in school, in high and primary and second year in school, I get an A for writing. Uh, just a a, a a classroom A. I've never I never left school with yeah. no qualifications at all. Um. But I wrote this thing in a jotter. And I basically, me and my mates, and I gave us all X Men powers. That's what I've done. And I wrote this thing down. And the teacher's like, You're getting an A. She's like, I can't read all of it. Your handwriting's terrible. <laughs> she's like, but you have written so much. She's like, you filled half your jotter. He's like, you've enjoyed doing this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I really did enjoy doing it. And I just sat for hours just writing it. I was like, but I couldn't have written that much missing. And she's like, some people hardly, hardly even wrote a page. Mm. I was like, fair do But anyway, I didn't even, you know, I didn't carry on doing that. Yeah. You know, I just that was it. Um, and then I was playing in a band when in my, my early teens, late early early twenties, late twenties, and I stopped playing with them. And I was working in this bar and I was bored. And I'm, I need to express some creativity. and he'd do something. Mm. And then I just started writing the back of cheque pads, just like little storylines. <laughs> uh, and that just and it just snowballed for there. Before I knew it, I was just like, Fuck, I'm fucking enjoying this. And I just started writing tons and tons and tons and tons. So no formal training. I remember my. Uh, I gave the first book, my first storyline, to a few of my mates once they'd finished it. And they you know, hi, hey, that's good, Dave. Years later, when I'm doing <laughs> what I'm doing now let see when you gave me that first book you know 10 years ago or whatever so all i could think about was i wish you'd put a full stop or a comma or, <laughs> or a paragraph <laughs> just, so like, just from, a stream of conscience
3: and if yeah. you developed your own sort of creative creative process do you have a process or yeah you, uh, you know just see what comes out and
2: i don't know if i have a process i've got a few different kind of methods like even just the other day there um because when you're writing a comic book you yeah, some i i i, I I teamed up with one guest guy for a wee while, and he's like, "This is this is where I want you to." He was going to become a publisher, never came to anything, right? Got a lot of these people on Facebook. Anyway, he's like, Let's say "I want you to format your script," and it was the panel, the page number, the panel number, the panel description, and then the script. After that, and I was like, "Okay, cool," and I just I've just kept with that format, you mm-hmm. know. Um, what no- I, I've, I've, I've got a week and a short story that I'm working on at the moment. And, um, you know, you drive to work or you have a bit of quiet time and you're rattling through in your head how this is going to go and how this sounds and stuff. And the other day I just sat and I just wrote the narration, like the the speech to it, just like top to bottom in the middle of the page, just that. And I've not went back and done the panels yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the first time I've done that before I've kind of written like, okay, page one, this is the first panel. This is what, what I want the panel to look like. And then the script underneath it. So, you're know? you
1: giving the artist a written description of what shape, or, or are you giving them like a, a rough
2: sketch, or is nah, that a no-no? Nah. Written, 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 written description, aye. I, I might have scribbled a few wee things down and, mm-hmm. you know, text them it just to be like, kind of like this. Mm-hmm. And they come back with something completely different. I'm like, aye, that's a lot better. <laughs> 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 we'll go with that, mate. Aye. <laughs> so, let them concentrate on their own speciality. Aye, right? exactly. Fair man. Enough. I mean, they're artists. They know what works and what doesn't work. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just the writer that's just come up with the idea. It's and quite, just quite like,
1: an interesting thought process, though, to take somebody's words and convert them into image. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Well, I
2: think. Aye. I mean, see, it's when Roman first came back with stuff, um, i was just blown away i was like this is exactly what i want you know what i mean it's like fucking hell how can you get that from you know i mean my descriptions can be a little bit bigger now uh, in certain parts certain panels maybe it's just like one line for example mm-hmm. the other panels is like a full-on fucking page of description you know and when it's just like one line i'm like how can you just get it from one line because sometimes you're writing so much you love like, that'll be yeah, yeah there
3: you go it's a similar sort of thing i, th- I think sometimes when you play in a band with somebody mm-hmm. and when it's when it's right when you're on the same wavelength sometimes you don't even need to you just sort of go you just have like weird words that you use and they'll just be like, i know exactly is it like this and you're like that is exactly what i could hear in my head That's there's like other people can find a way to express what you're sort of seeing in your mind. It's Aye. it's a weird
2: one when that happens. I I, I refer to it as like playing in a band all the time. That's why I put it that post. Is anyone to join my band? You know, because that because it is like that as a creative process. When you're playing in a band, you know you're playing with everybody. You know, so you, you you what you think might not be exactly what the other person thinks. But when you put it all together, it becomes this. You know, it's quite surprising. I've never, I've never
1: thought about music and comics in both of those terms, and it's quite weird to see. Like the similarities that you've just sat down and like clicked on there because mm. it is a collaborative creative process, you know what I mean? Like so
3: aye. Aye, that's I see cool. I see all like processes, even podcasting when somebody comes in and they'll sometimes come in with a full idea, or sometimes people will come in and go, I just fancy doing this, I don't even really know what I'm doing. I'll just be like, Let's just go and just just aye. it's the same process, try everything. Aye. See where a song, if somebody comes in, they like, I've got the base base structure of a song. So let's just try everything and see what works. And I'm I'm assuming that that will be a similar sort of thing for yourself. Like right, nothing's totally. off the table. Let's just go for it and try and make it as best as we can.
2: I think that's the best way when you're creating something, that's the best way to do it. You work with each other, man, you know, and that's it. You just allow everyone like, to see, you know, you're, you're, they're the artists. You allow them to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a basis. You like, this is kind of what I'm expecting, what I'm thinking. Yeah. And they're like, right, okay, perfect. You know, I've got a, a wee one coming out. It's called Happy Meal. I'm putting it in for a uh, Scottish comic book day for comic scene, comic scene, scottish comic book day best of scottish indie uh, this year which should be in november and it's called happy meal and um i had an idea but i couldn't quite explain it correctly on you know the panel yep. description and the artist came back and says this and i think this would work better and i'm like mate that's what i wanted
1: i saw actually having that rapport is yeah, like yeah, even yeah. more vital when you don't
3: actually articulate yourself the way you want to
1: as uh, well i
2: mm-hmm. am like, mate, that's exactly what i was to like, go for it and um has there ever been
3: But I was gonna actually say, see, sometimes when somebody's like, I I think I know better in the day but sometimes they don't and that's supposed like the question is like, has I, anybody ever come back with something where you're like, oh no, like,
2: oh God. I'm... I mean, I've not written or done enough for that to happen, right, so so okay. far, no. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, hopefully it won't happen. I don't see, I've, mm-hmm. I, but, I mean, I've, like I say, I've not written or worked with enough people.
3: All right. so what I was going I to say do. is, is that that's sometimes when you find out what people are like to really work mm-hmm. with, because when things are good, obviously you're just <laughs> like fist bump, high five, and this is great, but then see when you need to give somebody a bit of criticism, Sometimes, I mean, I always remember being in a band with a guy and, and he just turned around and was just like, I'm not willing to work on this if you're not willing to take my I, idea on board. And I, my feedback was just, mate, well, there's a the door.
2: Because <laughs> I kind
3: of work with somebody that's going to be that closed-minded. Like, it's my, my idea. Or, or you can't be creative within that. No, you can't um, be
2: creative within a within, uh, closed-minded narrow fucking, you have to mm. be like, boom, open and just let let everything go. Eh? I mean, yeah.
3: 100%. Aye. Like, I, I do therapy, trade, as well as podcasting. And one of the things that I've learned is, and, I, and there's a point to this, you like, just squeeze it in there that I'm a therapist. Like, <laughs> people are trying to create ideas to how to improve their life. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, sometimes they'll come into the room, and they'll expect you to, to know what they need to do, what they need to do. And you're like, well, I don't know. But I'll tell you what the best thing you can do is, don't take anything off the table. Mm-hmm. See, whatever, even the most ludicrous idea, you're like, that would never work. Keep it on the table because it might be the one that just fucking works for yeah, you. Fair does, nah. you know what I mean? It's, it's like cool. everyone
2: is different, so you can't you, you can't think, well, this is the way I work. So this, 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 what I have to, you have to work, that, uh, and yeah. have to work that, and you have to work that, and you have to work that. You know what I mean? That's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Everyone is completely different. So It's like, okay, well, this works for me. Will it work for you. I mm-hmm. don't know. Let's keep this on the table. Oh, but this one, this is what, you know, and what Matt does. Well, that work for you maybe keep it on the table and so on and so forth. No, so absolutely. You the way,
3: absolutely. It's exciting as well, because the way that me and Matt will work with each other on this podcast, if Matt went and did another pod, he would work completely different. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I kind of like struggled with a wee bit, you know, I'm like, no, I know how to do this. And then you realise actually I don't have a fucking clue. Sometimes ah. because this is a fresh idea and I'll work with this person very differently. Like me and Matt can be so blunt and you know we we know everything's all cool. We'll be yep. like do this, do that but sometimes you kind of do that with other people, you need to be able to adapt. Mm. And it's so interesting to hear how, and I'm sort of like, I get it, like as a creative process, so it's just the same thing, but it's cool to hear that you've got like your band and you've got people that you can sort of lean on and it's all working and you work well together, mate, that's class.
2: I mean, the the creative community, or the community, the comic book community and the whole of the UK, man, right, is excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they are very, very supportive. There's very, very little people that are like, uh, Dogging you and slagging you off, whatever. I've mean, never came across anyone to be honest. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you get on Twitter or whatever. I hear that a lot of folks that's kind of what Twitter's for nowadays, isn't it? that's what I I've never really been involved in it, but um, there are little you've along. been on the wrong
1: side of a few times. You're no missing
2: anything. <laughs> I've seen a few <laughs> <What>? actually. <laughs> You're getting blocked now, mate. Aye. <laughs> like, aye, but the thing is, I'm mostly on like Facebook or whatever, and I've definitely been in the wrong side of stuff on Facebook, man. Yeah, for sure. And it's certainly over the pandemic, you know, with COVID and. Shit, Uh, it's Uh, a bit
1: of shit show in general that type of stuff so I'm interested to like talk a wee bit more about the community because obviously it sounds as though you're not the only person out there that's fully in this process of having the idea building a team reaching out and starting kickstarters and so on and so forth like who are the other artists or sort of comics in and around you that you're reading that you want us to know about
2: oh man there's a fucking ton of people man (laughs) so um where where do you even start? So Johnny Cannon does um Cannon Hill comics. He's done a cracking comic called The United, um, and it's, it's set all over the UK. Um there's a guy called The Mighty Scotsman in it. Um <laughs> I'm pretty certain if my memory corrects me, Scotland gets independence during that. I think it's 2014. Popular idea amongst popular idea amongst the, the Scottish <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, uh, writing history. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, a, up for it. <laughs> that's a great. I would definitely check that. out. He's got a new one coming out soon as well. So he's a good guy to jump on board with. Um, Kiltopia. Dave Cook, Craig Payton, uh, Clark Bents is his new, the new artist now. He's from down south. Um Kiltopia is massive. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a huge, massive Kickstarter. This like sixteen grand, twenty grand Kickstarters. Like, wow, I know. Like, sh- you know, I got two two thousand seven hundred last time. And I'm like, yay! <laughs> aye, <fucking laughs> you know what me, mean? Aye, I mean? Aye, totally. Absolutely. He's like fucking twenty grand. He's like fuck, right. you know. Um He's got. He's also got a publisher behind him, BHP um, Publishing, which is a guy called Shaz Nazir. Um, they're Scottish uh, as well. Um, who else? Alan Henderson does the pen that go in. Which is a wee three strip comic right. of a penguin. And it it's always funny as hell, man. <laughs> it's just, you know, if you imagine way back in the day when you had the funnies and, you know, the paper, yep. none of the paper does funnies anymore. I can't I remember.
1: I stopped reading newspapers. So it's uh, <laughs> hard to say. I'm going to say both of sorry.
2: But, um, but yeah, it's exactly like that. Really, mm-hmm. really good. And it's like I say, it's just dead, dead easy. That must be, be a general.
3: talent in itself, being able to get a narrative, He's, a punchline. Three, a laugh, and th- three, you know, three panels, three panels, uh-huh.
2: man, and it's um, see, he's wow. got like two thousand more than last count was like two thousand of these strips, right? You know, I bought my dad one for his um, for his Christmas just because like six pound or whatever. Um, I got to go off his Etsy page. Um, who else is there? There's oh my God, you're that. You can't, you can't think. Oh,
1: right, just don't, don't leave anybody important know uh,
2: Exactly. <laughs> I should really mention Mark. I do a podcast every Thursday. Uh, the Brewgooders, which is a beer and comics podcast. Nice. It goes live on uh, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Definitely give us a follow. We oh, have what a, they that? Um, we, what would you call it? We uh, we have a, we talk about our beer that we're drinking. I've been on the non-alcoholic stuff the past couple of weeks. I ended up getting a bit too drunk and just going off on tangents. <laughs> right. So I'm just trying to keep it calm for a wee while. Um, we're talking about the beer we're drinking. We might have a wee guest on and then we talk about a comic we've been reviewing. Like an hour, hour and a half tops. Right. And it just goes out live. Uh, it was good fun. So the guys on there, Jeff Nicholson, he does a Spirit of NK, Andrew McGee, he owns a comic shop in Kolkoddy, Kingdom Comics and Games, and Colin Maxwell, he is actually the guy who spearheaded Scottish Comic Book Day.
1: Right. Because um, that's something I've seen a lot, and I don't, I'm don't, i not conscious of having seen it in previous years. I know there's like Comic Cons and whatever mm-hmm. else, you know, which are obviously up and doing pretty much every country and are huge in themselves. Like, But when I was seeing this, I was like this doesn't have the feel to me as there might be like a similar things going on, but it seems like a, a new sort of separate thing. Is that right? Aye,
2: it's brand new. So it was the 2021 was the first year. Um, Colin one day, he's just like, there was a national something day. And he's like, hey, why do we have a national Scottish comic book day? Mm-hmm. And he's like, when should we do it? And you know, he just he just started this page. It is, it's the last, I think it's officially the 27th of November um, and unofficially the last Saturday of November every year but he's managed to get it um, recognized in Holyrood and also in Westminster. Nice. So it's an incredible achievement.
3: It's an official day. Eh? And I, I might cut this out because it just came to head there, but has there been, there seems to be a big boom, right? You're talking about like Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember this stuff. You, even if you go back a decade ago, like no, when Comic-Con's at the exhibition centre, you actually f- see people going to uh, like, cosplay. Has this sort of, like... I mean, it's, it's big in, like, the queer community and stuff uh, like that. I'm wondering, has that been, like, a big boom for, like, the comp? Because of, like, Hello Kitty and, and this mm, type of sort of stuff
2: being more I mean, popular? See, I was talking to uh, Lisa, my wife, uh, <laughs> my female, <laughs> um, earlier on this morning about cosplay. And um, okay, <laughs> no, 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 unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, not that. Um, and I just find I find I, I think, yes, I think cosplay and all that kind of stuff has um helped comic cons and stuff. Um, I don't think it helps independent comic books, though. Right, I don't aye. think it really helps the comic book right. scene as such. I almost think it kind of distracts from it a little bit. Um, I always find cosplayers kind of strange. Right. It, why why, why do, you, do you feel like you are now, you know? hawk girl or whatever yeah, <laughs> you know i mean uh-huh. it's like and it is when you scroll through instagram if you hit a cosplay picture all of a sudden your search feed is full yeah of aye, cosplay aye, stuff, aye, and it's all very very kinky isn't it
3: well there's a but there is a lot of it that is quite highly sexualized i would uh, say that fa- fa- on social media on internet i think that what you're saying sort of like thinking about it i think people like to escape you know totally- As, you know and i think it, it feels like an escape you know i've, I've got a an acquaintance, no, quite a friend, but like somebody that I've engaged with in social media, and she likes to dress up as like female man and that type of thing. And when I've, I've said to her, like, "What? Why do you? Why do why you really do you enjoy? It? Why do you like?" She goes to all the comic cons. Why do you enjoy it? She's like, "Listen, it's just a total escape for mundane life, all and right? and I really have get her thing again. Getting back to a similar sort of thing to you, she's found a community. She's like, I, I I've always been really big into sci-fi and." Kind of felt quite lonely. Used to make me models in the house and Mm do that model building and would watch the movies. But now, since you know the internet, it's like I can find my kind. And there's you know 3000 days gone to the exhibition center. She's like, I'm getting dressed up the best I can, I'm going to show off. And I think it is just like, I mean, uh, escapism. uh, Is comic book day like a
1: reaction to that? Is it mere you saying, is this so that there's an actual
2: spotlight specifically on the comics rather than the wider sort of culture. Aye, I would say is that mm. there is a part of that. I think it's um whether or not that was how it was originally kind of planned. If you like, I'm not too sure, but it's certainly comics focused, comics based, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, we're not talking movies. We're not talking video games. We're not talking cosplay and um, we're talking comic books and anything that's linked to Scottish comic books. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, it can be a very tedious link. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can kind of travel through Glasgow or whatever <laughs> and be like right. Scottish comic book day, mate. Um, Fair enough um but, uh, it's just to include everybody, but it is comics focused.
1: Um, so, was it, so was there one this or, or in November twenty one now
2: Yes. How so, did that look for you? It was excellent. It was really, really good. So, again, we don't own Scottish Comic Book Day. is not owned by Colin Maxwell, if you know. Yeah. I mean. he, he's the one that has said this. It's his. That's his line. You know. Mm-hmm. It's owned by everybody. Uh, so you can do whatever you want. You know, on the on the twenty seventh of November, you celebrate Scottish Comic Book Day however you want. If that means just sitting back, reading a book, and we you know a wee fucking picture of yourself, and mm-hmm. hashtag in Scottish comic book day on the day, then that's you, you are officially- Right, like right.
3: record store day. The huh? Record store day is just, you know, that. You huh? know, there's like releases. Did you do releases of your own stuff for it, that, like for that
2: day? Me personally, I mean, I gave a comic strip to Comic Scene. So Comic Scene is a guy from Edinburgh, Tony Foster. Tony Foster, I believe, yep. Um, uh, he's got, um, it was called, a business called Comic Scene, and it's, um. He done best of Scottish indie for Scottish Comic Book Day, and he's doing one for this year as well. I'm working with a guy called Garesh. Uh, you get on Insta at Garesh, G A R R E S H, I think. Um, and I'm we're we're doing a, a a strip for for this year for for the best of the Scottish indie for Comic Scottish Comic Book Day. Nice. Um, but it's, I've not actually released anything like as in you know for it. It's just like mm-hmm. other publishers, if you like that. I'm mm-hmm. jumping on on top and doing it with aye. Them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. So. I think we get a wee bit of chat with uh, um, you know, about the comic books that we'd read and stuff like that. Mm. So we've kind of covered, you know, the, the the local scene and who you're reading, like, for me I first got into comics, an aunt bought me a Sherlock Holmes comic book um, nice. when I was away and I've kind of been a wee bit hooked on that detective sort of thing ever since, Or through Batman and so on and so forth, but in later years, and I'll... I'll get my boss told if I don't mention him, like my entire comic book knowledge comes from a mate of mine's Dave Miller because he's absolutely like daft on them. Nice. So sort I've of read the, the Preachers and, you know, Why the Last Man and like, Watchmen and all these other, you know, sort of really sort of classic comic books through him um, rather than myself. But as your comic classics was it the 2000 AD is it dread? Have you got other ones that
2: oh man I mean where do you start? I mean Preacher by far is definitely one of the best titles I've ever read. Preacher yeah. sure is great. So Garth Ennis is from Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. that. Um and Steve Dillon, I think he's English. Um Steve D- was it Steve Dillon done Preacher? I think it was. Mm-hmm. He also done Watchmen. You yeah. know don't quote me on that so I apologise anyone Alan else. Moore as well. Was he Welsh? Alan Moore he's yeah he's Welsh yeah. he's done the Watchmen as well. Celts
3: um, man. Aye? The Celts are
1: good
2: in comics, Aye. <laughs> Pretty much. <But> you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was because we've got a dark, twisted mind. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, Preacher is dark and
1: twisted. Yes, extremely. Aye. But it's also hilarious it's and just, nice. just amazing. Aye, brilliant. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, it's about a preacher who accidentally gets infested with essentially like the word of God <laughs> and goes on a road trip where he's gun toting a girlfriend and an alcoholic mate who's a vampire. And they go on a road shimper. trip across America to basically find God and punch his cunt. In.
2: Nice. <laughs> they they essentially nice. come across uh, Jesus, or uh, 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 the, the, the bloodline blood line of Jesus, and, all and it, is, it is kept within the same family, if you like. So he's a I, big if you're fat religious idea, in any way, it's amongst right. the is
1: most that, offensive things you've ever read right, in your life. Okay. Like, I, definitely,
2: okay. you know, if you're heavy, you're heavy religion, you're just like. But I would definitely recommend that. Right, <laughs> you get priests. No and cocaine and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's so, real life then. <laughs> 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 Pretty much, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know it's really good. I mean, where did I copy? We, we, you know, we, so much stuff, man. I mean, Jason Aaron um, done Scalped. Fantastic. What, I, what a run that was. I think there's 10 of them in total. Or 10 graphic novels. I always read a kind of collected edition. Yeah, no, I don't really go back and read the single. Oh, I do, I do pick up single issues from time to time but I tend to wait until it's released I've and always to like, been
1: made a graphic novel but the ones aye. I've got like, like Extraordinary Gentleman are all these aye, exactly, you know I mean? a bigger Stuff.
2: thicker book you know um, but I mean I, 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 it spawns so much genres it's insane you know I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I couldn't possibly put it down if it's dark twisted and a bit crazy that's kind of what I like Right, mm-hmm. that's the way that's what you I should
1: I definitely it. check out *Transmitting* because I know that's one that you said you hadn't I know was I'm amazing. going to have a look yeah, at that I might like, actually
2: Brutal Aye, I might check that out. I've just read one called stray dogs, right? Which is um the guy Andrew McGee the uh, for kingdom comics. He's been talking about it all last year He's read the single issue because he's got a comic book shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the artist from my little pony and the artwork looks very much like a uh, Disney uh, Would you call it lady in the tramp? Okay, right and what it's about is it's about the master, the dog's master, it's all the dogs, the dogs, no humans really talking it actually, it's just the dogs talking to each other and the master is basically a psycho killer and he has killed all the dogs' ladies, killed them all and stole the dog and brought it back to the, thesis. And that's that's what it's about. It's just a mad premise. It's like, wild. what the fuck is this? Uh, <laughs>
3: you know confusing about? by the sort of nice Aye. Disney style artwork. And, Aye. And, and,
2: and, then it's, and it's all dogs as well. Dogs, you know, and it's like, you're just like, well, who comes up with this stuff? And uh, it's the, what the funny thing is, it's the artist from My Little Pony. <laughs> uh-huh. I like all of that juxtaposition
1: when somebody takes like the, the aesthetic or some Disney and like just bastardizes it. It's uh-huh. it's uh-huh. quite fun. Yeah. So so, what's next for Glass
2: City then? So Glass City. So I've got hopefully I've got two different um, short stories coming out this year, all like bas- basically called Tales from the City. So mm-hmm. it's just like uh, they're not really connected in any way. They're just like little. Um, the idea of, of Glass City, because the story I'm doing just now is the story of a missing girl. That's the title of the book. Glass City is the name of the overarching yep. all of it. So, all my storylines are basically based in Glass City. Um, they don't really need to be connected. They're just like, you know, mad things that happen within mm-hmm. the city. So, I've got two of them coming out one coming out for Scottish Indie, um, the best of Scottish Indie for Scottish Comic Book Day, and one coming out for my, the podcast I'm with, the Brewgooders. It's the Brewgooders anthology. Um, and then I've got the final installment of the story of a missing girl, hopefully coming out. Hopefully I'll kickstart that this year, all things going well. My funds mm-hmm. are a little bit dry at the moment, so i have going to Acme Comic Con in the 4th and 5th of 6th of March. And then I've got Glasgow Comic Con as well, so hopefully I'll sell a bit there. Yep. Uh, try not spend it on beer when I finish um, <laughs> always a plan uh, you know <laughs> And uh, so that will help me hopefully fund the, fi- the final instalment of that book and then after that just see what happens yeah. Yeah, see what happens, take it for there
1: where can folk find it if they're listening and they think you know what, like me I, where, where, where can I find it <laughs> you,
2: can, uh, you can find it so glasscitycomics.bigcartel.com is my online shop if you are checking out Facebook, Glass City Comics on Facebook, Glass City Comics on Instagram, Comics Glass City on Twitter, and you can follow me on uh, just David Cramer. If you're like allowed to follow my Facebook page, I don't know to do that. Don't if you not any politics and stuff. Don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep Should up.
1: probably put that disclaimer on my Facebook as well, shouldn't <laughs> Aye, I? Aye, <laughs> absolutely.
3: That's just like life now, isn't it? Politics is just part of life now. Aye,
2: I've definitely lost a few of my mates. <laughs> Follow me on Facebook because of my politics (laughs) I've definitely lost it. It's like
3: an unfortunate, you know, thing that's happening now is that people, we can't disagree with each other anymore. Like, we can't just agree to disagree. Just be like, okay, we see something different, but I still like you. It's like, like, no, you're wrong. Fucking uh, either
2: either agree with me or fuck off.
3: (laughs) Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. We've definitely been on the the tail end of some of that, Hmm. you know, at times on uh, Twitter. But... I, I Brilliant talking to you mate Hi. You. Hi. Pleasure to meet you Absolutely
1: And welcome back anytime man This was real Really enjoyed this Hi, cool. And I'm going to definitely Check out your podcast as well Because It's not like me to miss Something like that In the build up to this I'm a wee bit annoyed with myself oh, well, <laughs> See want you say that
3: I- no when you mentioned yours when you said comic podcasts, I was like, oh, Comic pod, and I'm like, Of course, there's a podcast for or there's multiple podcasts for everything, but I right. there'll be there'll be huge ones, there'll be like massive comic podcasts. You know what I mean? Right. Just, like, I mean, we, we our com- first thought was like, <laughs> Is there a comic podcast? Like, somebody's got here before us, how it's dare they? Like-
1: <laughs> Another market for me to plunder. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, our comic yeah. podcast, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We're just, you know, the Brewgooders, the Beer and Comic Podcast. It literally is that, you know, and it's a, it's a good laugh. It's a, you know, we t- it goes out live, so we tend to talk over each other and stuff. We're not <laughs> professional like you guys are. You know, we're sitting in front of our laptops. Oh, right, Hi. Hi. Just-
3: We're in a professional setup, but we're not professional. <laughs> no. Right? No. Well, our setup
2: is I'm not professional. You know? so offensive
1: in all my
3: days.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not even in the same room together, you know. It's like we just do it over, no, over aye. Uh, StreamYard, I think well right, it is. Right, aye. Um, ah, it's good fun, but there's lots of comic podcasts out there. The Awesome Comics Podcast is probably the best one in the UK to listen to. That's really, really good. It's a good recommendation in. for nice. people that are listening, because obviously
3: if they're into podcasts and if there's a few people mm. like the chat, then they can go and check something out that goes a wee bit deeper into it.
2: Aye, definitely. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, listen to the one you're listening to right now. We will say.
3: Do you know what? I was actually I had a question, and our and I can we can just sort of like edit this in because we've kind of like wrapped up. Um, but, um, Sorry, don't, no, don't no, I, I didn't even think it was just what I was thinking there is, is that is it is it encouraging to see like the podcast, uh, like the comic movies coming to Glasgow? Like I, I had, aye, a, aye. had a guy in here doing an art podcast, James Price, and he was he's a film, he's a director. And he was saying, no, because mm. they're not using Scottish talent. They're bringing all their talent in with them. Now, they're using the economy and they're using the facilities yeah, I mean, because it's what tax that's breaks, that's what they want. The tax breaks and obviously the gothic you know architecture and but they're not really using uh, the scottish talent and i'm wondering is it, is it- um, is it different? Is there people for your industry that are getting involved, but is it in, encouraging for the, the,
2: this, I mean, you know what, you right know? up until you said that they're not using Scottish talent. I was quite encouraged by it, but I just kind I mean, I'm not, I'm not really in the, in the know of it because obviously it's film. So it's a bit different. I like the fact that Glasgow is now basically Gotham and seen as you know, I made a, a whole comic based on Glasgow. It's supposed to be a dark Gotham type city that it's, like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's kind of fitting. Um, if the work, I, I like, I, I mean, I would prefer them to use, like, Scottish cameramen and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Are they not doing that now? I
3: think, and don't quote me, I think a lot of it's coming from England. Mm. I, I think they're hiring the studios, like, whatever studios that Star Wars is getting done in England, you know, they've built... I just a really big... want to see a
1: Flashpoint movie, because that is quite cool. What mm. it is, like, mm-hmm.
3: which, I don't know what Flashpoint so is. So the
1: Flash movie that they filmed with like, right. Batman and it's basically the flash runs so fast that he winds up in an alternate universe where bruce wayne's parents don't actually die it's bruce wayne that dies and uh, bruce wayne's dad becomes batman and the mother goes mental and essentially becomes like right. a kind of joker, joker.
2: that is i mean there's a few different storylines like that so the the flash movie is kind of like that uh, yeah, I so michael whether, keaton's, michael gonna, keaton's gonna, uh, be, uh, gonna be in it and stuff like that yeah um, when it comes to the, the whole filming of uh, stuff in Glasgow, I'm you know, I'm I'm happy that it's happening, but I don't really know anything about it, so yeah. I, I wouldn't like to comment whether or not I, I think suppose it's a good film like or not.
3: what I was thinking when you were talking there is seeing it being used and gain visual. You might, it might be inspiring where you're Aye. like, This is they're doing it differently, they're making it look a bit different. And for somebody that's trying to do something Glasgow based, future basically, like this is the way it changes becomes uh, like this or like that. But, um,
2: is it in Scots? Uh, there are some Depends on the character So there's a character That I've brought in And he's got he's, He gets fleshed out In the last um, Issue And he's a bit more A bit more street If you love Makes sense A bit more of a Kind of Ned So he's a bit more Kind of Aye alright mate Or that kind of stuff no, um, It's class uh, There's definitely There's got to be a few Eyes in there You know uh, but mm. it's not, I mean, I'm kind of conscious that if, I've, folk have got to read it <laughs> and understand of it, you course, know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I read, you know what's really good actually, uh, The Gruffalo's Child, you know what I'm talking about, The Gruffalo's Child? I know, I know The Gruffalo. Know the Gruffalo but... Right, so The Gruffalo's Child is the next one, and then there's one called The Gruffalo's Wain, and it's uh, translated by Elaine C. Smith. Oh, oh right. And that is Brian, right? Now, I could read that, when I picked that up from a kid, I got like a two-year-old kid. And so you know, you've got to read books every fucking day, you know, all the time. So you've, you've got to try and get stuff that you Not enjoy. brain and stuff. <laughs> exactly, of course. You've got stuff that you've, you can enjoy. So I've got that for his Christmas and so I'm going to enjoy this. And um, I read it straight off the back. I'm just like, you know. It's like, no, 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 Gruffalo. she never got a big scary wedge. How no, how no, that is he missing? Is it, is he missing a screw? Does he go his dinger? Is he missing a screw? <laughs> and it's like, oh, they're all taking a enemy, right? And um, whereas my my beautiful wife is not from the same area that I'm from and she struggled to read it, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> whereas I, I could just read it straight off. I just knew exactly what was going on, but she could kind have of struggled to read it. So, therefore, um, I, I don't it's not all completely written in space. Make a conscious f- decision. Aye. I want folk to read it, you know. I mean, I'll maybe aye. go like, should I make this? Should I should it should this be Y O U or aye. should this just be Y I? Do mm. you know <laughs> you know what I mean? Should I google you aye. should Code switching
1: is no uncommon, you know what I mean? Yeah. You'll not be the first Scottish writer that's had to think about that. Aye, <laughs> you know I mean? aye, aye, aye. And I doubt you'll be the last, you know. No, definitely not.
2: It's just because you want folk to understand what you're putting out there, of you course. know, over the over the course. It's like Urwelly. is a great example, actually. So for me, urwilli I've known urwilli since the moment I could read. Uh, now it's if you don't when, if you stop reading Ur- a Dundee, in there. If you stop reading Urwili, when you go back to it, it's quite difficult because it's written in Scots. Uh-huh. Uh, so it can be quite difficult to read. But once you start reading again, it's very easy to get back into. It's not yeah. in Glaswegian, it's written in Scots, so it's a bit different. Uh-huh. Um, but down south, they don't know anything about that. The Urwili is just not a thing at all. It might and, as
1: well be in an actual foreign
2: language. Aye, they know where the beano, you know, they know the dandy and all that kind of stuff. You mentioned Ur Willy to them, they're like, No, have no idea. And for a long time, I knew that for a long time, but I just assumed it was like your everyday people. I assumed that if you're in the comic book scene, then you would know Ur Willy. Uh-huh. Right? Talking to a couple of guys down south, they're like, What's was Willy? And you're like the comic book guys. It must be one of the longest running publications exactly. in history for exactly. that type of thing. You aye. know what I mean? Like, and you're like, Well, you don't you don't know Ur Willy? And you're like, no. Nah never heard it no idea and it's because it's written in scots and they just won't understand what it is they'll just blah that's why it's it's not down south at all no.
3: so it kind of limits your, your reach if you put it, would, it in, I definitely in scots it would, it would limit mm-hmm.
2: your reach I yeah, definitely there's one a uh, guy called john lees he's from glasgow and he wrote a thing called sink it's absolutely brilliant and it's set in glasgow as well and it's been set in a place called a fictional town called sink hill right. um, and you know it's glasgow right? But it's written in English as well. You know what I mean? But you mm-hmm. still, you're like, this guy, it's, it's excellent. I would, that's a, good there is a balance
1: it. you can strike. Aye, there's
2: a balance you can strike. That's the best way to put it.
1: Aye.